This week on Show Me Your News, normal item updates, heavy character balancing, and a strong dosage of Kid Icarus. We cover them all in this week's Rundown. This week was rather unique in the fact that we got two normal item updates, the Smoke Ball and the Franklin Badge. While these may be creative ideas, what would these items really contribute to the game? And is there a reason these kinds of updates just really leave a bad taste in your mouth? After learning Ike's up B and standard B moves, Sakurai dropped a hint that heavy characters would have moves that would allow them to not flinch when an opponent attacks them in the middle of it. Is this really a good idea for the game, and what possibilities could come from this concept for these heavy characters? Last week was Fire Emblem Madness, and that insanity transfers over to this week with the Kid Icarus franchise. With a music update and a final smash, what are the general impressions? And what could the marketing that Sakurai is giving the franchise mean in the long run? Who's in this week has Donkey Kong taking the mic and controlling the podcast. Diddy Kong and King K. Rool go for the gold seeing who's the top dog. Plus I'll hear Sariku Uchiha's ideas for great unique assist trophies. You won't want to miss it. This week's Brawl Viewpoint comes to us from E. Grunts and centers around the idea of online play, which I'm sure we'll be delving more into in the weeks to come. What's a potential solution for the doubts surrounding online play, and what would be a great feature for the mode in his opinion? Definitely check it out. Masahiro Sakurai, I implore you to... Show me a news! This is Show Me Your News, a Super Smash Bros. Brawl discussion podcast. All support comes from Smash World Forums at smashboards.com and from the Smash Brothers blog at www.smashbrawl.com. And now, here's your host Yoko with... How goes things, Smash fans? Welcome to Show Me Your News, your weekly weekend podcasting source recapping the biggest news in anticipation of Super Smash Bros. Brawl. My name is Yoko, and I'm here this week to go over the news from the past week for you all in audio format. Today is August 12th, and this is week 6 of the podcast. And guess what? I have great news. Thanks to Scav, our beloved Show Me Your News podcast discussion thread has now been stickied under general brawl discussion, so you can't miss it. In the future, look for Show Me Your News to be featured on the Smash Brothers blog, and you'll soon be able to download the podcast through iTunes and onto your iPod, thanks to our wonderful moderator support over at Smash World Forums. Alright, so let's dive right into... The Rundown! After last Friday's mammoth update that was the Subspace Emissary, we all didn't expect a groundbreaking update, that's for sure. What we were given on Monday, however, was a normal item, the smoke ball. All this little disco ball looking sphere does is spew out smoke to distract your opponents or hide you in its gaseous matter. To add more interest to the item, multiple smoke balls will yield smoke of varying colors, thus adding to the trippiness of it all. Aside from it being a humorous gag though, that's really about it. Then to cap off the week, we were introduced to the Franklin badge from the Mother franchise on Friday. What this little emblem does when worn by a character is act as a reflector to all projectiles. There's really no other trick to it, just wear it and projectiles will bounce right off you until the badge falls off. 
Well, I'm sorry, you wanted more to it? Well, then you are just out of luck. Unless you want to look at the mother logo that's been used for the first time in the updates. Because really, that's about it. So what's the real point behind these types of updates, though? I can completely understand making updates for the casual gamer and all, but it was very surprising to see two of these exact kinds of updates in one week. Items like these seem to be an aspect of the game that are more worthy to be discovered on their own in the process of playing, rather than having an entire day being devoted solely to the existence of these objects. Don't get me wrong, I am truly grateful for the updates on the website, period. After all, that's the main reason I'm doing this podcast for you all. But let's put it this way. If you consider the types of updates to be different kinds of attacks, there are certain updates that have higher priority than these normal item updates. Obviously, priority number one on everybody's list is character updates, and Sakurai knows that full well. He knows that after Meta Knight and Snake, he's going to have to start showing his cards, and that's what makes these updates so alluring. A prime example is getting a first look at Ike. Even though most people theorized that he had a very high chance of getting in, that update defined the week because it had such high priority. Well, you know, that is if you don't count the subspace emissary update. And with that clearly not planned segue, that brings me to priority two on Yoko's list of update awesomeness. The game modes updates. Yes, these bad boys told us about four kinds of control and names, and only recently started to delve in the adventure mode for the game. These types of modes help explain the infrastructure of the game itself, aside from the well-renowned multiplayer mode. In due time, we are sure to be hearing about the implementation of an online mode in this game. And frankly, that update alone should bump this up to the number one priority on the list. But since everyone has been going nuts about characters since day one of the announced production, that takes slightly higher priority. Now how to play updates are tricky, but I'm going to place them here as third priority. I know, I know, all of us know how to jump or how to attack, but for the smasher who has played the game at least once, he has to be at least the slightest bit intrigued of how the game will progress as the franchise steps forward. After seeing moving and shooting, standard combos, and the footstool stomp techniques, we're seeing positive updates to how the game is played, and that's almost as exciting as any game mode. Well, almost. Again though, the drawback with these is that when they appeal to the brand new Smasher, the updates turns into a tidbit that could easily be found in the instruction manual as something so basic and standard. And after that comes stages and music, and I know what you're thinking, these updates can be really cool. While I totally, wholeheartedly agree, you have to realize that stages and music only affect the aesthetic appeal of the game, and not the core of the game itself. So if one stage is totally broken, or a music sample sounds like complete junk, it doesn't ruin the entire game, and thus why it's not so high on the priority scale. Finally, items hit rock bottom here. Re-elaborating, if any of the items seem poor in the general scheme of the game, it doesn't ruin things because, OMG, you can turn items off. These two items seem to be the kinds of items that you try a couple times to see how they work, but then you realize that they really rather lack purpose in the game. And personally, I wouldn't even be surprised if those who play with items take the exact same approach. It's been a while since we've seen a special moves update, but who better to make one for on Tuesday than last week's star character, Ike from Fire Emblem. Ike's standard B attack is called Eruption, as he stabs the ground in front of him, causing fiery goodness to, well, erupt from the ground. Sakurai even says that you can charge this move up, so the eruptions can theoretically range from the littlest of volcanoes to those of Vesuvius proportions. Well, except that Ike doesn't create mountains that explode, but you get the point. The up B for the Lord is the Move Opponage from Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, Aether. 
Ike throws up his sword, goes after it, and comes back down to earth with a ferocious slash. Think of it like Kirby's up B, except Ike throws the sword first, and Ike actually looks awesome while doing it. There, that's easy to picture, isn't it? However, the most interesting part of the update came from Sakurai's text where he points out how Ike doesn't flinch the moments after he throws his sword in the air, even though he'll take damage from those attacks. He states that, This time, there are several moves like this among the heavy characters, so watch out. Some of you may be questioning, now what does that mean? Well, let's put it simply. It's something that Sakurai's been striving for since day one, and something Smash's hope for that realistically cannot be easily attained. One word, people. Balance. It's a common physics concept that was played out in Melee to near perfection. Lighter characters can move quickly, while heavier characters move slower. Even with L-canceling, Bowser, Ganondorf, and the like are still just slow in comparison. Mostly because L-canceling doesn't apply to just the slow characters. As the speedy characters move their way up the tier lists, the big brutes slide their way down. And it's clear to see why. They're just lacking in the speed department. If you consider their power combined with speed, well, I don't have to tell you that momentum equals mass times velocity. So what does Sakurai have in mind to help give heavier characters a boost this time around in Super Smash Bros. Brawl? Well, he obviously can't just give them more speed, since that would just tip the balance completely in the opposite direction. All indications so far seem to lead to this. Having heavier characters execute certain moves that cause them not to flinch from enemy attacks. Now what good would that do? Well, simply, it's a rather effective way of masking their lack of speed. Let's break it down like this. Characters who would still flinch are vulnerable to their own combos breaking up, and an interrupted combo causes less damage. Plus, one could argue that in the long run, these kinds of interruptions in essence slow your character down, since it's breaking up the character's overall flow of movement. However, with the powerhouse not flinching in order to complete their combos, they not only deal more damage, but they complete their moves in a faster time than if their combo was broken. Thus, it gives the players the impression that the slower characters are moving faster by comparison. What worries me, however, is why Ike has one of these moves. Obviously, the reason he doesn't flinch after he throws his sword is very simple. Ike needs his sword to battle, and he can't just go throwing it and then be stopped from retrieving it. That's like telling a Fox player that when he pulls out the shine, there's a way for a player to hit Fox so that the G-Diffuser device goes flying off the edge of the stage. It'd be ridiculous, while the character could still ideally fight, you've taken away their bread and butter, more or less. But if Ike is going to be modeled similarly after Marth and Roy, there's no way he can be considered a heavyweight, and there should be no speed that needs to be accounted for by adding a flinch-free move such as Ether. Can we say top tier, anyone? Now this change doesn't make up the difference of metagame between characters entirely, obviously. The addition of flinch-free moves will only account for probably only several frames. However, it's one step that Sakurai is trying to make to have his masterpiece game be as perfect as it can be. And that's something we all want, now don't we? Last week we got a Fire Emblem character update and a stage, back to back. And this week on Wednesday and Thursday, we got a Kid Icarus music sample and a final smash. Now let's actually check out this sample called The Underworld. Now, I haven't actually played Kid Icarus. In fact, you know, there aren't many retro games I've played since the GameCube was my first console. I did say that in my Show Yourself sample, right? It 
Regardless, from what I've dug up on the wonderful world of YouTube, this music is a remix of the first level of the game, which, <gasps> gasp, takes place in the underworld. Now like most of the Smash remixes have been so far, the remixes definitely have a more fleshed out sound than their 8-bit counterparts. But I still, you know, like that 8-bit bass. And while the melody could get annoying, it's definitely catchy and can get stuck in your head. Now this was downloaded from the Smashing Composer thread in general Brawl discussion, whoever looped it here just shows a prime example of how well it's going to fit into Brawl, hopefully on the Skyworld level. Now from what I can gather, this part is generally known as the Grim Reaper part of the music, as one of the enemies you encounter in the first level are Grim Reapers, and the music changes when you are in one's presence. So this part here is a slight homage to that, I suppose you can say. All in all though, it's a music update. Pretty low priority, remember? It's pretty good and totally catchy, but in the end it's not going to hold that much weight on the success of the game. Now, the final smash of pits, called Palutena's Army. Now we're talking. Moves that affect gameplay, and now we're talking high priority. However, this one was almost disappointing. Let me explain. We've seen quite the impressive array of final smashes already. With Mario Finale and Zero Laser taking up nearly the entire screen, all of Link's fury centered in Triforce Slash, Volt Tackle being able to target foes easily, and Giga Bowser along with Congo Beat allows you to become huge so you really don't have to worry about aim when unleashing your attacks. Palutena's army, on the other hand, looks very hit or miss. What the move does is it allows Pit to summon Palutena, the goddess of light, who unleashes the flying centurions onto the field. These winged soldiers dive bomb your foes to cause some damage, and after one attack, they fall in battle. It really seems disappointing that unless the centurions deal a good amount of damage with each hit, this final smash seems under par with the other attacks so far. Perhaps this is just another one of Sakurai's methods of balancing characters though. We'll have to see these moves in motion in comparison to the others before we can make these kinds of judgments though. What's also intriguing is how in the music update, Sakurai plugged an advertisement for Kid Icarus on the virtual console. It's gotten me thinking about how Nintendo very well might use Pit's success in this game as a judgment as to whether or not to go forth with the Kid Icarus game for the Wii. Kid Icarus is rather known as one of those games that was successful at the time for the NES, but it's been years since we've seen Pit in action. Now that the Winged Angel is back in Super Smash Bros. Brawl, it's very possible that Miyamoto and his crew are going to gauge this generation's perception of him and analyze if they see fit to make Kid Icarus Wii. With his new anime-inspired image, it's very possible that this modern design was another subtle reason behind this ulterior motive. You know, Nintendo, a very easy way to track how successful Pit will be is to have an online mode. So, you know, you could take statistics on how many matches feature Pit in them. But, you know, that's just an idea. Rumor Central Rumor Central makes another appearance this week, and as we were never told the Japanese release date at E3, Japanese retailers and Korokoro Magazine want us to think otherwise. Both sources claim that Super Smash Bros. Brawl will release, 
on November 22nd in Japan and will feature an online Wi-Fi battle mode. These are supposedly both quite reliable sources, if in case you were wondering. The only thing that has me scratching my head though is the date. November 22nd is a Thursday, but of course I don't know if Japanese retailers have a special day of the week for releasing new media, like Tuesdays are here in the United States. An earlier release in Japan makes perfect sense though. Sakurai is, after all, oh, Japanese, remember? He's made the updates fall at an appropriate time for that audience, so it only makes sense that he's going to reward them first. Of course I really want this to be true because it would only solidify the prospect of online play even further, something that will be very important for me personally in the final product of the game, mostly because I want to smash with you all, the devoted listeners. What this means for Show Me Your News, I cannot say. After the game hits in Japan, pretty much all the secrets are going to be spoiled. Depending on whether or not the updates stop then, it's very possible that I will be taking a two-week break from the podcast and then coming back on December 9th with my full review on the American build of the game. After all, I don't want to anger any of you by spoiling surprises, which I know some of you take very seriously. Again, though, this is rumor central, and it has yet to be confirmed. So for now, we'll just wait and see. And that's it for the rundown, so now it's time for the third installment of... Who's In? Sariku Uchiha is back this week with Who's In, and DK takes control this week. Diddy and Rule are both up, both being in high regard, plus his assist trophy recommendations. Now, over to Sariku. Who's In? Your bi-weekly brawl character speculation segment devoted solely to veteran fighters and newcomers alike. Will your brawl hopefuls make it in? Find my opinions here. Hey Smashers, one and all, this is Sariku, and I brought with me episode 3 of Who's In. This week the theme is all Donkey Kong. I'll tell you what I think about Diddy Kong and King K. Rule being playable characters. After those, I'll give you some of my choices for great assist trophies, and some info for each one. But before I start, I want to remind you guys that you can PM me suggestions for different characters. You've already been great with feedback, so keep it up! First up is the all-favorite Diddy Kong. This little guy can usually be found with DK. To spread the truth out, Diddy has to be in it. He could be the second DK representative and could sport some pretty cool moves. The thing I want to see him use is his pistol. That would just be awesome. Since he's just a monkey, I could easily see him an aerialist. Combo in his feet, tail, and pistol. He could turn out very, very unique. But the big question Diddy fans are pondering is if he'll bring his little girl, Dixie Kong, to fight alongside him, as the Ice Climbers were in Melee. I truthfully don't care what happens in that situation, but I know most people want him to go solo. Now, none of what I'm about to say is truth at all, but I'm about to use some of the speculation you Smashboardians came up with. Some of you guessed that the Ice Climbers will get the boot, due to the fact that Rumble Falls is vertically scrolling stage. Now for a second, let's believe this is true, and that vertically scrolling stages belong to duos. Note that Rumble Falls is a DK stage. Now, all that is very far-fetched, but if it was true, then it's likely that Diddy and Dixie would be paired. Diddy has an almost perfect chance of smashing, but with this little Dixie chick, who knows? 
Sakurai is very random and unpredictable, so we can't throw anything out the window just yet. So for the second time, I gave a character a near-perfect chance, the first being Sonic. But how does Rule fare? Now on to King K. Rule. But, just a warning, I'm probably gonna disappoint you. He first appeared in the Donkey Kong Country games, then to Donkey Kong 64, and even in the Donkey Kong cartoon. He's a giant crocodile, basically, best noted for his golden belly and his crazy, twitchy eye. Now let's see some reasons why he should and shouldn't be in Brawl. The first thing many of you would know is the lack of DK representatives. Plus, Sakurai wants more villains. Rule would not be a good choice. For the reasons, an ununique moveset is one of them. I haven't played many DK games, but from what I know is he would be far too similar to Bowser in Donkey Kong. His focus would be brute strength, but I can't think of a unique moveset for him. Punches, swipes, tail whips, and body slams are all I truthfully see for this reptile. Now for my very opinionated and disappointing part. I don't think the Donkey Kong franchise deserves three characters in Brawl. Why do I say that? The last couple Donkey Kong games have been a disappointment. They've involved many gimmicks, such as the DK Bongos. What happened to the great adventure game we used to enjoy? I'll finish by saying he's iffy. It's a possibility, but I wouldn't expect him. Diddy is already a much better choice. Assist trophies are now a huge part of Brawl's development. Having many characters that won't be playable helping you out. Or screwing you over. It all relies on luck, really. But who are the next characters to make their cameo as the ever-growing assist trophies? I got some ideas for us to ponder over, ranging from old games to the latest releases. I mean, it's still character speculation, right? First up on my list is Birdo. She has a good chance of acceptance as a new item, regarding that she's not a stage hazard again. What I want to see her do relates to Princess Peach. We probably all know about her turnips, which sometimes turn out to be Mr. Saturn's or Bombons. Well, Burrow can have the same unique feature. She spits out eggs like she does in Mushroom Kingdom. But every now and then, a Bombom could come flying, or a Gooey Bomb, even a star. Makes stuff hectic, yes? How about the Chair Squad from Elite Beat Agents? As they are summoned, music starts playing as they dance to it in a live concert. What's unique about it, though? If it's a fast song, all characters start moving faster, like if it was a lightning, lightning melee. But if it's slow, the opposite takes effect. This could all be random and could mess everyone up on the battlefield. Imagine if Sonic's final smash made everyone on the battlefield in slow motion, while the chair squad is playing a slow song. That's if he's in anyways. And finally, it wouldn't be a DK week if I didn't use a DK character. I say give us Kitty Kong, a very unique character. What I hope to see out of him is a massive attitude problem, as he takes all his anger out on the stage, jumping and stomping around, making the screen shake violently. While this doesn't affect the players, it would get very annoying nonetheless. And I think this could make stuff very interesting. Think DK's down special attack, times 10. And who's in is now finished. A very crazy week of DK Madness, with some of the most loved and hoped for characters getting their fairy view. 
But what? You wanted other characters in? Well, in that case, PM me, or post in the Show Me Your News discussion thread with your ideas for characters. Also, feedback is appreciated and hoped for. I love hearing what you people think. And closing, here's hoping for a great week of updates. Maybe Sonic? Yeah, I know. Keep dreaming. Awesome, Sariku. Way to go. Alright, now it's time to get ready for this week's... Brawl Viewpoint. This week's Brawl Viewpoint comes to us from E. Grunts. Especially with this Japanese release date rumor, online play has been on our minds a lot and will continue to be until the game's release. Let's take a listen at what E. Grunts has on his mind regarding the game's online possibilities. Hey everyone, this is E. Grunts from the Smash World Forums, making a debut on the dojo, or show me your news. I'll be talking about online play, and all of the variables of that matter. But before I get started, I would like to apologize for the lack of a manly voice, such as he adored Yoko, and for my mic's horrible quality. But you'll just have to cope with both. With that said and done, I'll get started, and I hope that you all enjoy listening to me. Last year, at the E3 2006 Nintendo Press Conference, Sakurai mentioned the function of playing Super Smash Bros. Brawl online. However, during this year's conference, we received no mention of online gameplay being compatible for the upcoming Smash. This has upset many fans, including myself. Mainly because it leads to rumors and theories that the online play was cancelled. I personally do not doubt what Sakurai has said, and I do think that Smash Bros. Brawl will end up having the online play factor. But you can never be too sure. So, to ensure and boost the chances of online play, Wide's guy from Smash Bros. decided to do something about it. He's created a thread which leads to info on what we can all do to help, and I myself have taken part in it. You can find this thread located in the general Brawl discussion, titled as Smashers Unite, Brawl's Online Multiplayer is in Jeopardy, etc, etc. I urge you all to help, and at least go check the thread out. Another topic that I'd like to discuss, featuring online play, are headphones and microphones. Should they be accessible for Brawl's possible online function? In my opinion, they should definitely be included. It opened up a whole new level of fun for the game. You'd be able to talk while you smash, share some techniques with one another, talk about general life, etc. But there's a catch. I want friend codes to be required if headsets are included. Why, you may ask? Because having some random immature player cursing and insulting at you because you lost is the most annoying thing about online play. And that's what ruined Xbox Live, Halo 2 to be specific. If you ever come across someone who's too sore to accept that he lost in a match, just take them off of your list. Done and done. Friend codes wouldn't be a problem either. There are over 66,000 members here at the Smashboards. I'm pretty sure there's enough people here who own a Wii and are willing to share their friend codes with others to keep you occupied. Also, please don't take my discussion too seriously and go around causing arguments and ranting about the matter. This was just to clarify my opinions and to help solve some possible confusion that's spreading around the forums. Before signing off, I'd like to thank Yoko for having me on this podcast and thanks to you guys for listening to my ranting. Bye. Very nice, E-Grunts. A voice chat feature would be very nice, but only if it doesn't sacrifice any of the gameplay along with it. 
Plus, they'd actually need to mass produce a voice chat device for the Wii. But hey, hopefully with the Brawl's release, right? And that'll do it for this week's... Brawl Viewpoint. Would you like to hear your Brawl opinions and views played here on Show Me Your News? Send a WAVE, MP3, or a WMA file with you discussing a topic of your choosing to dojopodcast at gmail.com. That's D-O-J-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And you may hear your voice and rant featured and heard as the next Brawl Viewpoint. You may also get your views heard by sending your discussion in text format to D-O-J-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com to have Yoko read your opinions on the air. Suggested length for discussion is roughly 1.5 to 2 pages in length, single-spaced. Submissions will be taken through the Friday before the episode's premiere. That'll do it for this week's episode of Show Me Your News. I'd like to personally thank E. Grunts for sending in his Brawl viewpoint, and I'm always in need of your viewpoints, so send them on in. My name is Yoko, and you can either post in the Show Me Your News topic on general Brawl discussion, private message me, or email me at dojopodcast at gmail.com for feedback and suggestions for next time. Next week, like every week, I'll go over the week that was on smashbros.com. I say that next week we'll have to see a character update of some sort, maybe finally officially announcing Peach or surprising us with Captain Falcon's update. High priority updates for the win. And with that, I'm Yoko, and I'm out. This has been Show Me Your News, your weekly weekend podcasting source recapping the biggest news in anticipation of Super Smash Bros. Brawl. All support comes from the Smash World forums at smashboards.com and the Smash Brothers blog at www.smashbrawl.com. This week's shout-out goes to Scav. Our wonderful general brawl discussion moderator got this thread sticky, so now you won't have to keep bumping it. Thanks a whole lot, Scav. Show me your news! You know, guys, I've been really pressed for time this week, but, you know, I figure it's only just that I give you something at the end of this episode. So I'll give you another Yoko Unplugged. Hope you enjoy.
Please don't make me do that high voice again. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Till next week, I'm out.